Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. What did we talk about today? Today, we talked with Anna DeSalvo about time boxing. And how time boxing can help you reclaim so much more time to do more things. And the power of saying no. All on this week's podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. How's it going today? It's going great today. So, uh, what's on tap? We have our first guest. We do have her, our first guest. And I was hoping that maybe we could talk a little bit about teasing who our first guest might be, and then we can intro her. I, well, okay. So, our first guest is an expert on time management. Oh, wow. And haven't you used some of the things that she teaches? Yes. She has really helped me reclaim a lot of time around my day. She's helped me minimize distractions that I used to have quite a bit. She's um, helped me just learn to close my door. And she is someone that I should hire because I have a busy schedule and I have difficulty managing that time. Um, and I think other working parents and working pet owners have that issue too. So I'm really excited for our guest today. Working pet owners, you say? Yes, I do. So can you intro our guest? <laughs> Uh, here's the part of the podcast that drives Megan crazy is that, um, I will bring up something that, uh, <laughs> is outside of the realm of our podcast and she's like, stop talking about that. And I talk about it anyway, cause that's just how I roll. Working pet owners, exactly the same as working parents. Totally. <laughs> so intro please. Uh, well, I am proud to welcome one Miss Anna DeSalvo. And if you think that last name sounds familiar, it does. It's because she is my sister. And she is also a mom, a wife, a teacher, and a course creator for Working Moms. She helps even the busiest working moms get ish done. As a working mom, she has invested her time, money, and energy for ways to improve her time freedom so she can show up for herself and her family like her brother, Nicholas, as she has done today. Welcome to our show, Anna. Welcome. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. I've been dancing over here about how excited I am. Woohoo. <laughs> so uh, we have a lot of people who ask us many questions, um, but one of the questions that we get asked the most is, I have no idea how you do what you do. How do you have time for that? I have no time. I'm running out of time. So how does somebody reframe that conversation and take control of time as a commodity? Ooh, good question. Well, I think for both of you guys, uh, you are both business owners. 
So you probably have a unique view of time that maybe other working parents don't because time is money for you. I've heard you say that. That's a direct quote. And uh, <laughs> that's exactly right, Anna. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can put a number to your time. But for many people, we don't take the time to do that. And one of the exercises that I like to take people through is putting a number to your time and understanding, do you really want to pay yourself to do that thing? And if you don't, sometimes uh, outsourcing it or finding another way to do it that's faster is a better way to do it. So to empower people to take their time, (laughs) it's really about understanding the value of it and then protecting it and putting time blocks in place and ensuring that you look at it as if it's your responsibility to protect your time because nobody else is going to do it for you. That is so true. So how does someone know when they should say no to something? Ooh, that's hard. You know what? (laughs) I say that finding out the things to say no to is not the hard part. It's uh, saying no to them and then sticking to it is the hard part. But I like to take people through an exercise of prioritizing. So what are the areas of your life? Your family, working out, your career, volunteering, things that are important for a well-rounded life and really rating those items, how you feel about them right now. And then finding one thing that you really want to be spending your time on. And that way, when an opportunity comes up, you can make that conscious decision if it's part of your priority or not then you go, oh, it's okay if I say no to this activity. So it's understanding what you should and shouldn't be spending your time on in order to live a fulfilling life. Well, and it's really interesting because both Nicholas and I have had different experiences with it. Nicholas says no quite often, uh, frequently. Mm -hmm. He's good at it. Uh, Actually, it's one of my favorite things. um... (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, well, here's the thing is that um, lots of people will want a piece of your time or your energy or um, your expertise in things. And it's yours. And it's your job to be the steward of how you dole that kind of stuff out. And, um, and one of the things that uh, I enjoy is really just understanding what it is that um, is important, you know, and being able to say, no, I can't do that. No, I and remembering what the final goal is. I know that Megan has struggled with this in the past where she has she just feels compelled to help people. I'm a people pleaser and helper. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to a lot of yeses where um, you can you identify that you could potentially help in a in a spot. And so you feel compelled to do so, whereas um that's not always the case for me. Just because I know that I can help someplace doesn't mean that I feel like I should help someplace. Which is interesting. Which you know, in some ways, kind of makes me an asshole. But <laughs> in other ways, but in other ways, you know, like my time is free. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I do want to say that, you know, I I started talking with Anna just as my sister about things that I was having a hard time doing. You know, like I was working hard. I was staying up late. I was, you know, it just felt like I didn't have time for things. And she started asking me some questions. And, and one of the things that sort of hit home for me was that I, I don't really 
I, I don't really not have time for things. I'm just really not creating the time for things. And uh, I waste a lot of time doing a lot of different stuff. And in uh, sort of around the same time, she, you know, she has this link in her email where it says sign up for a time sesh. <laughs> and so I just, uh, you know, we emailed, we were part of a group family email. And so I just clicked on the link and I scheduled a time sesh. One, because I hadn't really talked to her in a long time. Uh, and in a long time, I mean like a couple of weeks. Um, and two, because I just kind of wanted to see what it was like. And I hadn't really thought, oh, we're going to talk about my time at that moment. I just thought, hey, I'm going to talk to my sister for a half an hour. And it turned out that it was like the best thing that I could do at that moment because she really helped me block out times for dedicated tasks and to sort of remove the distractions and the, and the arm grabs, as she calls them, because I get a lot of those throughout my day. Yeah, I think that with people in general, the common theme is I don't have enough time. And I encourage people to stop saying that. Stop saying I don't have enough time. You do have enough time for all the things that are important in your life. You Just not everything is important. One of the quotes that I love is if everything is important, nothing is important. Because if your time is spread between 18 different tasks, you're not doing anything well. You're sort of half doing things. Things get half done or you're losing your ish, as I like to say, because of the fact that you're really being pulled in too many directions. You're getting arm grabbed. You are having to pull your, t your focus away from something and then come back to it. And then you're like, where was I? You're losing so much time. If you're able to just focus on something for shorter blocks of time, really, uh, you can get a lot more done. And it's sort of that overwhelmed feeling. People come in sometimes to appointments or they come in to my free group. And they're like, I just don't have enough time. And, and then when I say, okay, well, what do you have to do? When we really boil it down to the things that you have to do in a day, it becomes much more clear of where you should be spending your time. Absolutely. 100%. So for someone like me who isn't like Nicholas, how do you say no and protect that time without pissing someone off? Well, first, you are going to piss some people off. But <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but there are ways to say it where you don't have to sound uh, like, as Nicholas put it, uh, a jerk. You know, you don't have That's to sound. That's not what I said, Anna. Yeah, I, I That's know. That's not what I said. <laughs> Isn't this a family show? <laughs> You don't have to sound rude in order to say no. There are a couple of ways that I do this. Number one, if it's something that I just doesn't work for my schedule right now, maybe I'll say um, I'm available here and here and I will give two times where I am available to help mm -hmm. with that task. If it's something that is just not part of my priority right now or it's something I just in the next couple of weeks can't do and it's time sensitive, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um please think of me for next time or something like that. Something that doesn't directly say, no, I don't want to do that. But also conveys the fact that, hey, uh, this isn't in my priority right now. And I think it's possible to say no without feeling like you're being a jerk, which therefore when somebody reacts, we're not interpreting their reaction as they're mad at us. Um, some people will be disappointed. And it is hard to disappoint people. But going back to, hey, if Sorry. I spend my time on the things that are important to me first, I'm going to fill my cup so that when I want to go do those other things, 
I'm available, I'm present, and I don't feel like I'm being pulled in a million directions. So reframing it as, hey, if I'm spending my time wisely, I'm able to do, go do more of those things that, you know, come up. But also when we do say no, instead of just being like, no, I don't want to do it, which maybe is what we're thinking in our head sometimes. <laughs> 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 or maybe you just don't have the time for it at the, at the point in terms of your priority. Um, say when you're available, if it's something that you do want to do, oh, I'm available this or this, or say, hey, thanks so much for thinking of me. And then don't explain. You don't have to say why you're not available. Oh, I just, uh, I'm not available for that right now. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, one of the, th you know, one of the things I talked about uh, earlier was like reducing the amount of arm grabs mm -hmm. that you get throughout the day. Mm hmm how would you say, what advice would you give to somebody who is getting pulled in a lot of different directions? No matter who it is, if it's a mom, if it's a if it's dad, if it's a business owner, it's really, I like to take a proactive approach. So really brainstorming the areas that you do get pulled away from your tasks. Is it somebody coming into the room and asking you something? Is it text messages? Is it as soon as you walk in the door, your kid's asking you for 500 things and it's important right now and there's no way to get out of it? Putting obstacles in place to make it harder for people to do that and then referring back to those obstacles. So what I mean by that is like if it's for your kids, putting obstacles in place. I sit in my car when I get home for 20 minutes in the driveway, although Life 360 sometimes tells on me. But <laughs> <laughs> my husband came out of the in the garage the other day. He's like, Life 360 told that you were Nicholas home. Nicholas <laughs> does it all the time. It's the ring. The ring tells him. <laughs> But, you know, having a few minutes to decompress before you enter a chaotic environment is putting an obstacle in place. It's also teaching people when you are available. Again, going back to saying no. Oh, I can't wait to help you on that. Say it's homework. I can't wait to help you on that homework at this time. And saying that over and over and over again then creates a barrier, an obstacle. And then when you are available so that you don't feel guilty for, you know, not being available at that moment. And taking away as many distractions as possible. So if it's text messages, putting your phone on silent, you know, just little things like that create obstacles so that it makes it harder for people to come to you. Because why do people come to you in the first place? Because it's easy. You're going to help them. So make it harder. Then they don't come and ask you. Brilliant. <laughs> so for someone who has the distraction and let's say it's screen time, let's say it's, oh. let's say it's text messages or it is their device in some way for social media or games or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. Um, what are your like little tips and tricks there? So our phones are addictive. Like, let's just be honest about that. No matter what, like they are addictive. And so I'm I creating that obstacle for myself. I do not bring my phone into my bedroom. It doesn't go at night with me by my bed. It has a charger outside of my bedroom. And that's a rule for my daughter, too. So I hold to the same rule. Um, and then also putting it away and intentionally putting it away for blocks of time because regardless of if it's next to us on the table turned over, we still have that compulsion to grab it and put it in front of us. So creating blocks. And then also if you really can't trust yourself, there are apps that you can put screen limits in. I mean, you can do it on your iPhone if you have one. But um, you can put limits in that will shut down your phone and access to specific apps or just to the screen in general during certain times so that you aren't tempted to pick it up and do something on it. Having that time away, like especially if you're a business owner and creative, is actually extremely important because you need time in order to be unplugged to 
come up with ideas and and brainstorm, but it also helps recharge yourself so that when you do go to be productive and do go to get focused on something, that your brain isn't burnt out already. So we need that time to daydream or eat a little bit or take a little bit of a nap in order to come back to our work and be focused again. Absolutely. Well, and I think it was eye-opening, you know, Nicholas and I compare each week our screen um, mm-hmm. time. We so we look too. at the, yeah, we look at the screen time, we compare and contrast. Um, it's just, it's a fun little exercise you can do with your family. And I also think it's eye-opening to see like, oh, wow, okay, I am using it for this purpose a lot. Um, or I find like if I'm going on a, co- a convention or a trip, um, I'll use it a lot more than when I'm not. So it's just being mindful of that. And, and how much are you enjoying your trip or your convention if you're always on your device? So I think, you know, making sure that you're mindful of, of the use of technology. I think it's really difficult in our line of work, but uh, I think it's difficult for everybody. It's just so accessible. Um, and we always call it our pocket computer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can do everything on it. So You absolutely can. And, uh, and using it as like, and realizing it is a tool and is a powerful thing, but also like, because you don't carry your hammer with you everywhere you go, you know, like y- there's a specific reason for it, a specific purpose for it. And then realizing, Hey, I can use it for that thing. And then I also can put it away and spend some dedicated time with my family so that you feel like you're really present or work, you know, like that's another thing that happens mm-hmm. is we get sucked down the tube of social media and then we're like, oh, I got to get back to work, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I was thinking the other day, I'm having email issues where I, I just get a mass amount of mm. email. And one of the things I thought was, what if I removed email from my cell phone and like I could only check it on my computer, which I have not done and I don't know if I will, but it was an idea. And I thought that's what it used to be like. Mm-hmm. You know, they, we didn't used to have all these apps on our devices. So um, it's interesting to look at it and go, hmm, maybe we should go back uh, to some of the old, old times. Yeah, I actually do remove all my notifications from my phone for that reason, because Mm -hmm. otherwise it'll pop up and I'll be like, hmm, and I get stressed, you know, especially if it's not within work hours, because I only answer emails within certain blocks of time. So I try and be very mindful of it. I don't take my app off my phone. I just remove all notifications and then make it hard for me to get to it in my phone, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I put it on one of the tabs that's like buried in my phone versus like being right on my bar. So another question I have, uh, and this question actually comes from our private Facebook group. So if you guys aren't a part of it yet and want to be, let us know. Um, But one of the questions... Link in the show notes. Yes. uh, (laughs) One of the questions in that group was, how do you balance time in your household so that everyone has kind of that equal share and, um, and that you have time for your business or volunteering or time for your kids, family, and fun? So how do you balance that out so it's not like, everything's on one person to do this or everything's on one person to do that or man I didn't give my kids chores or you know the dog can play with itself whatever (laughs) sometimes it's okay for your dog to play with himself (laughs) can we cut that out (laughs) nope that's staying where it is Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back e- to the topic. I don't even know what's happening. I meant anymore. toys, you know, toys, <laughs> stuffies, I whatever. I know what you, meant. Um, you should see the flushed <laughs> chest and faces in this room right now. <laughs> okay, let's Woo! go back. Okay. So, uh, first of all, it's not your responsibility to do everything in the house. If you are a working parent, mom or dad, it's not your responsibility to do everything else. Everybody lives in your home. Everybody should be doing something to contribute to it without payment. So I actually have a blog post about this, about how we create and delegate tasks in our home so that everybody does have 
an equal share for them. You know, it might not be that everybody has the same amount of tasks, but it makes sense what they're doing. And we put things on there like pay the mortgage. We put things on there like pay the water bill because you know what? Your kids aren't doing those things. (laughs) And it's something for them to be aware of is that you are doing those things. And so that is a bigger share. Uh, If you want to take over the mortgage, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) But also it's like it's you are your biggest advocate. So I always say, like, decide what you are able to do, you know, in reasonably in a week and then start kind of having the conversation about how we can offload some of these tasks. So sometimes that looks like delegating certain tasks to people, but I like to make it a teamwork. So we create a list of all the things and then, hey, what do you feel like you can reasonably do in a week? Then everybody's on board and it's creating a teamwork atmosphere instead of like, no, you are going to take care of this and you are going to take care of this. And that goes for spouses as well. You know, these are activities that you can make sure that your spouse is included in so that they have equal tasks as well. But then advocate for yourself and protect the fact that you're not going to do those other things. So when the task doesn't get done the way you want it to, don't take it over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, if somebody does something differently than you do, it doesn't mean that it's bad. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, is that a thing? Because done is better than perfect. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what I say, uh, specifically about folded towels. Oh, I, I knew, my goodness. I knew this was going to come up. I knew it. Okay, here we In go. In our house, too. <laughs> here we I go. am a terrible towel folder, and my husband is, like, immaculate. I'm like, did you, like, take a class on this? Because <laughs> I was taught. I was taught as a child growing up, so this is he. how you fold a towel. Yes. And so it needs to be folded that way, and it is department store, ready shelf, you know, uh, so when I open the linen closet and the towels are in disarray, disarray, meaning that the folded end is not pointing towards the person looking in and they're not all perfectly aligned, s- aligned and stacked Yes, in a neat row. Yes. Continue. So, um, if they are not that way, honestly, actually, if, if the folded part where it, where it kind of folds over is pointed towards me, totally fine. It can be a little bit in disarray, and that's totally fine. What isn't fine is when the other end of the towel, where it's all like the flappy flappies, are pointing out. That just drives me bonkers. It looks like a mess. But I am willing to take that over, and I've asked Mm. for him to just leave those. Just leave them on the bed. I'll take care of it. I'll fold them. I'll put them away. Mm -hmm. So I fold them. He puts them away, but I fold them. Oh, that works. So that's kind of how I deal with it in my house when – my husband is wonderful, and he helps so much. It's true. I um, met him. I know him. Yeah, he's he's nice. We're we're buddies. Yeah, we've run a marathon together. That's true. They have done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've complained together as they've been running. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, I've rubbed his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird going on here, folks. Nothing weird. We're a very close family. Um, <laughs> um. You know, when he kind of makes fun of me about it, I'm like, oh, you're welcome to take over that task. And if he wants to do it, he can. But if it doesn't bug him that much, then I do it. It's not that big of a deal. So I think creating humor in those situations, but then also offering to give it the task back. He also hates how I load the dishwasher. Um, mm. But done is better than perfect, you know. Absolutely. And, and especially in the day-to-day aspects of your house it's better to have things kind of done so you don't have to do them. If you want to take on everything and do it perfectly, that is the recipe for burnout. So having enough time to do things is sometimes realizing some things just aren't that important and uh, being okay with it being done versus being perfect. 
So since we're talking about households, um, one of the things that I was interested in as well is uh, people often think, oh, you know, I don't know if I can afford to hire Mm -hmm. someone to clean my house. And um, I know this has been a little sticky widget uh, that we've talked about before, you know, offline. But uh, what what are your tips on on letting go of that and allowing someone to come into your home and help? Well, there's a couple of things. You don't necessarily have to outsource it by hiring somebody to delegate it to somebody else. So sometimes that looks like creating a system or routine in your home before you're ready to go to that next step of having somebody come into your home. Or if you just can't find a line item, a line item in your budget right now for it. Um, I like to work with people to find that because I think it's important to outsource those things. And I actually have a funny story about that uh, with my daughter, which I'll tell you in a second. But so creating systems and routines, what does that mean? A system is something that's very outlined. You know, we have a laundry system in our house. We have it written out. We have it posted on the wall. If anybody needs to do the laundry that weekend, they know what it entails. A meal planning system, that is, we have a very specific way we do it too. Um, a routine is something you just do in the same way every week. Um, maybe you eat the same thing for breakfast or you pack a lunch in the same way after dinner, those kinds of things. So creating those things in your house actually creates more time. But how can we get over the fact that it's okay to outsource things? Mm-hmm. Well, again, it goes back to people aren't going to do it exactly the same way that you're going to do it. And then finding that time, that ability in your budget to do it, going through and eliminating other aspects of your budget that you don't that maybe you don't realize you're spending a bunch of money on which is what we did when we first did it and creating again having an honest conversation with the person coming in so we created a job description we hired we used a a service online to look for somebody and we were very specific about what we wanted and then we talked with them and we're like do we feel good about this person coming in our home it is a personal thing to have somebody come in your home and do it but sometimes doing it all means giving some of those tasks away to somebody else. And we'll, we'll circle back to your funny story. Mm -hmm. Um, but first, so I think we hear this all often also in business because outsourcing anything, outsourcing anything in your business or your home is hard and scary. And Mm -hmm. and do we have time? Do we have money? Um, and oftentimes it creates more opportunity for you to make more money or for you to have more time Mm -hmm. to do the things that will, propel you forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, have you found that to be the case when you help implement those systems with people? Yes. Uh, sometimes you just don't realize how much time you're spending on little things or you're spending too much time like we talked about doing a million different things. So like you do laundry every single day. It's like, why are you doing that? Or you do you clean something every single day instead of creating a specific time that you're going to do it. So you find that you end up having so much more time just by gathering those tasks together but I actually went part-time this year in order to be able to go for my spend more time on my business. And one of the things was we had less money in our budget to spend on housekeeping. But I was like, we still need a housekeeper. And my husband is very supportive of that. And the reason is is because I wouldn't if I would have just filled all that extra time with tasks, I no longer have the ability to go do the things that I need to be spending my time on. So yes, you end up having a lot more time freedom. You have a lot more bandwidth, a lot less overwhelm. And then if you are a business owner, you will make more money. Absolutely. And do you want to pay yourself to do that? You know, like (laughs) what's your hourly rate? Do you really want to pay yourself to post in your Facebook group or whatever it is? You know, something Mm -hmm. that's like. Well, I mean, that's an interesting question because one of the one of the things that we hear from clients a lot is that they don't have time to post on 
social media or they don't have time mm-hmm. to do their marketing or they don't have time to write blog posts mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and, um, and that's fine. And they want to outsource that particular thing. And there are some things that is okay to outsource in that realm, but there are other things when they really sure. need to think about how they're going to accomplish the things they need to accomplish without, you know, thinking, okay, it's Thursday morning. What am I going to post today? Mm-hmm. So what would you say to a business owner who is sort of thinking about, like, is just overwhelmed by the thought of posting outwardly on social media or an email or, you know, any marketing action? What would you say to them about um, making time for it? There is always enough time <laughs> to do the things. And especially if you run a business, content creation is like the backbone of everything it's, you do, it's right? The thing. It's the thing you need to be spending. I mean, obviously with clients too. <laughs> um, but it's right up there with client work, right? So you have to mm-hmm. be putting content out there. And number one, streamlining your schedule so that you are batching like tasks is what I do. So I have like a Monday where like I create all of my content for the week and I put all my pictures into an app so that I know I don't post from like automatically post from the app, but at least it's in there and I know what's going to happen. And then I have certain days that I'm going to do blog posts. That way I'm not switching tasks and I'm not getting overwhelmed and exhausted. So setting specific days, streamline your tasks, and then also consider what's realistic for you. I know I've listened to your recent episode about posting a lot. (laughs) And for me, that's not realistic for me. Um, So pulling back a little bit and realizing what consistency means is meeting yourself where you're at right now. And then, yes, that's a goal for me to get to that point. But right now I'm at three times a week, one blog post a month, two networking events. That's what it looks like for me. And then realizing, okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. And then I'm going to reevaluate and say, okay, how can I add a little bit more? And how can I add a little bit more? Because I think consistency is about building the right behaviors for success. Absolutely. And you didn't run a marathon, you know, right off the couch. You know, you ran a little, you know, a a mile or two here or there. Probably more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was some leg rubbing. I mean, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. I mean, I think that's the thing when we work with our clients, one of the things that we say is, you know, we need to start where, where we can start and build on it. And yeah. so, yeah, for you, it doesn't look like that right mm-hmm. now, but that's where we're trying to get to. Yes. So let's start where you are and build upon it as we go. And when we do that, we find that they're more successful, we're more successful and we grow along with them. And I think that's just the smart way to, to go about life. So I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so much of what we do with our clients is about creating new patterns of behavior. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, like, uh, it was once said to me that like your behavior, it's like, you know, you ski down a, a ski slope mm-hmm. a bunch of times and you create this track. And after you've done it for so long, it's very difficult to get your skis out of that track uh-huh. and go down a different way. And so when you're thinking about introducing a new behavior, you have to retrain your brain to do something new. And um, so I'm sort of curious what you think about how you create new patterns, new behaviors. Starting, so we could come up with like a goal, you know, like how much do you want to make or how much, you know, weight you want to lose, whatever it is that is your priority in your life right now. And like that's your overarching goal, right? 
but that's not your goal that we're working on. Then we create little behavior goals that go along with it, you know, for like 30 days because usually a habit loop, it takes 30 to 66 days to build it. So we create a more manageable behavior goal. What could you do right now reasonably? And then like bump it up just a little bit to stretch you outside of your comfort zone because like you said, if you don't retrain yourself, you're just doing what you can Mm -hmm. do now and not learning anything new. So stretch yourself a little bit from that and then measure it. You know, you got to measure it. You got to say, how much am I showing up? And usually like 80% is pretty good. Like you don't need to be perfect. Like my group is called show the F up for a reason. Like showing up triumphs everything. If you just show up imperfectly, you're going to create a new behavior pattern. And then evaluating that and saying, are we ready to stack? Okay. So first, you know, we just, we set the goal, we create space for the goal, and then we stack a new goal onto it that gets you closer again to that overarching goal of whatever your big goal is. And then a new behavior goal that's going to get you just a little bit closer to that. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you have to say about people who are afraid? Like, let's say they, they start to do something like that and then they trip up and they fail. And they, you know, how do they get back up on the horse? How do they do it again? How do they create that loop again? Um, what do you say to those people? Failure is is just an opportunity to learn for what you could do better next time. So I always say get right back up at the next available opportunity. So when I was doing a lot of health coaching, that meant like what's the next opportunity to show up perfect, you know, like not imperfect, imperfectly. So like if you overate at lunch, you know, dinner, like that's your next available opportunity. Show up imperfectly then. Stop looking at everything as like an all or nothing. So look at it. What went wrong? Evaluate it. What could I do next time to put an obstacle in place so that I don't have that problem again? It's the same thing with routines. It's the same thing when you're delegating. All of that stuff is going to, you're going to fail sometimes. You know, you're going to end up spending too much time on your phone one day. But what's the next available opportunity for you to do it better? So that our listeners don't like kill us. What is the funny story? Oh, (laughs) so my daughter has a job now. She's 15. She has a job and she is realizing that she only has a certain amount of time in the day. Right. And so she comes to me and she's like, mom, I I just don't think I have time to do my laundry this week. And I was like, girl, you have enough time. So let's just talk about that for a second. (laughs) And (laughs) get real. (laughs) And she's like, okay, well, it's not a priority for me this weekend. Um, How much would it cost for you to do my laundry for me? And I was like, oh, well, you know, we have set tasks in the house that we don't pay Bennett for my daughter. Um, We, we have set tasks that we all just do as part of being part of the house. But then we have extra tasks that that have values assigned to them. I said, well, $5 is what we do. And she's like, okay, I'll pay you $5 to do the whole thing. And in that moment, there's part of me that's like, girl, what? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're kind of like, but then I was like, wow, she realizes that that would be outside of the limits of a day, right? And she's being realistic about what she can do with her time. And so in that moment, I was like, good for you. Mm-hmm. And she realized the value of my time because she was willing to pay me for it. So I say it's a funny story because I was like sitting there and I, I talk to parents all the time. They're like, well, if we hire somebody, our kids will get lazy. Or if I hire somebody, they won't understand what it means. Well, first of all, you're never going to hire too many people in your house, probably, that mm-hmm. they're never going to do anything for themselves again. There's always the day-to-day. But the other thing is, is what if we reframe that and said, we're teaching our kids to value their time in such a way that they realize where they should and shouldn't be spending their time. And I think that's a valuable lesson, too. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, you know, Nicholas and I grew up very differently, but I grew up with someone who cleaned our house, someone who came and did our laundry, um, someone who came and did a lot of things. And, and that's not to say that was my entire life. I also lived um, with my mom and, um, didn't have any of that, uh, and, and had a very different, um, look at chores and I did a lot of work. Um, so it's interesting to have that parallel, um, that I've had and be able to see both sides, um, and live life Mm -hmm. kind of the way I have. Mm -hmm. Um, but to see kids who are in that, um, and to see that, that they aren't, um, pretentious or they don't think that the, that the world owes them everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like people like to think that they do. Um, if they have a family like yours where there are systems in place and there's still accountability and there are still things to get done and, and do to be a part of the family. So right. I give you kudos for that. Thank you. We all need to hear that. Well, uh, <laughs> so, um, one of the things that strikes me is that, you know, part of my, re- I was a little bit resistant. To this at first uh, because I like to have freedom you know I like to be able to do what I want to do when I when I want to do it but the thing that really uh, um, this opened up to me is that when you structure you, your day you have so much more freedom to do what you want to do you just have to think about it purposefully a little bit and um, it's not rigid or or overly structured it just creates a space for you to be able to do more things which is kind of amazing but that was totally my objection to it at first was that i don't want to i don't want to be locked into doing the thing that i say i'm going to do at this time and you're not really you're just purposely planning out blocks of time for you to be able to do things and if something comes up that's a much larger priority you can move things around so that it works out and you can still have the space to be able to dedicate time to something else Yes, that's a big thing that I hear a lot is like, well, that's really rigid for me. And I recently did a video in my free group that was about how to make time boxing work for you. You know, time boxing is a strategy that I use and I've used it for a long time. And it's really just about dedicating certain blocks of time for tasks that have to get done in a day. And then you just like, you're like, oh my goodness, I can do whatever I want right now. I could be on my phone for a little bit if I want to, you know, creating that dedicated time to do mm-hmm. something that's a little more fun or a little bit more We call it frivolous. We are still stealing that time every single day when we aren't intentional. That's Mm -hmm. the thing is that we're still doing it. It's just we now feel panicked because we're not actually getting the stuff that we need to get done done. So by creating those intentional blocks of time, like you said, you can move them around. I call it like a Jenga game. You know, you can move it around. Yeah. And the blocks are all, you know, you know I would how say big they Tetris. Are. Tetris. It's more Tetris. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Tetris. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> just your preference. Yeah. It's my thing. Um, then you have a little bit more space in your schedule to do things that maybe you consider a little more frivolous or fun. Fun. So let's say that someone hasn't really time boxed. They, they have set things on their calendar, mm-hmm. but that's about it. And they don't have like a set time for email or a set time for um, cleaning their home or whatever that might look like for them. How would they get started with you? With me or with time boxing in with, general? Well, I think with you. <laughs> well, so time boxing is a great thing, but I, I probably would never have done it without mm. someone to show me how to do it. And, um, scheduling some time with you is free isn't isn't that right yes and the work for me tab in my on my website it does give you a few options and scheduling some time we can figure out what it is that is overwhelming you currently and maybe what it looks like what are some solutions to get started maybe time boxing is the thing that we do and I have a free tool for that 
Um, but you might need the accountability to actually do it, like you said. Absolutely. Right? And so having somebody who checks in with you weekly and is just like, hey, are you doing the thing? And you're like, no, I didn't do it. And then we talk about the obstacles. Or if you do do it and you're like, yes, and I'm killing it, you know, and then somebody to, ce- to celebrate that success with you. But having somebody along the way to kind of hold your hand with it a little bit in the beginning while you are changing your behavior and then uh, realizing where the obstacles are so that way you don't feel like you're failing, you know, because this is a behavior change. It's Mm -hmm. something that you have to kind of get used to doing. And in addition to time boxing, you also have a feed the fam group. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well, I have a feed the or fam mini program. course. Yeah. yeah. How does that go? Yeah. It's, it's just a short mini course on getting somebody started with a small system in their house to get dinner planned and groceries ordered in an hour or less a week. And again, how much, how much, what would you do with that extra time if you weren't like every single night gone, what's for dinner? You know, and, mm-hmm. and having it planned ahead of time is just a game changer. So it's a short little affordable system that um, moms can get started with or dads or kids even. Or <laughs> or single people who are in a, a relationship. It, I mean, it's I think anyone, true. anyone who struggles with what to have for dinner or anyone who struggles with true. the grocery store, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, if the grocery store overwhelms you, I think that all of those people would benefit. Or you're spending too much going to the grocery store. I mean, this saved us like over $400 a month. Like we yes. were spending yes. so much money. Yeah. So if you are a coupon clipper, uh, talking to my brother Kyle here, yeah. uh, <laughs> seriously, this program is is really good. So Yeah. I would say that like um, a lot of your marketing is targeted to, to a specific kind of person. But really, the skills that you learn are very applicable to anybody who just needs some help reclaiming some time okay so here's another thing that just happened <laughs> uh i was uh i was fidgeting with something on the desk and megan gave a me a pen th- in my pen cup g- megan gave me the death stare <laughs> like stop doing this and uh whenever she does that i feel compelled to mention it out loud so that everybody knows <laughs> yeah that we are in fact married and she- i drive her crazy yes absolutely that is what your job is as a spouse to drive each other crazy as long as you can drive your spouse crazy you will never be bored in your relationship and then, so true and then find humor in it you know it's like funny too like i don't know i drive my husband crazy all the time he's like you need to calm down you're being too loud and i'm like that's rude <laughs> and then i just get louder so yeah of course that's how you do it yeah uh, so, and then you have another uh what's your other group that you have you have a facebook group is that right I have Show the F Up, which is for specifically working moms who are needing motivation and support to juggle it all. And we just do daily posts about time tips, motivation, how to celebrate yourself, what to be thankful for, how to set your week up for success, those types of things. Are pet moms welcome there too? <laughs> sure. If you're feeling overwhelmed with it's being unbelievable. a pet parent. <laughs> I also do weekly trainings in there uh, around a topic. I usually pull the audience and ask, hey, you know, what are you struggling with right now? And then I do a training video on that as well. You provide so much value. So much value. Uh, So how do you get connected with that group? uh, It is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash show up mama. But it's uh, anybody can join. Really, they can like find it and then yep. request to join. Show the EFF up. We'll put the link in the show notes too. Please we'll put, put the, the link in the show notes. We'll put yes. the link to all your things. All the links. Um, and that blog you mentioned earlier too. We'll put that in there too. Yeah. What else do you have going on in your life? Uh, I'm doing the things. 
You're doing the things. Yeah. Are you on? Uh, I'm on the, the Facebooks. You're on the Facebooks. Anna DeSalvo. I'm on the Instagrams with all kinds of underscores that you would not be happy with as a marketing agency. <laughs> <laughs> it's A underscore D-E underscore Salvo. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And I, it's fun to hang out in stories. You know, I like to ask a lot of questions, but I also post a lot of content there at just about how to organize your time um, and to empower you to show up for yourself, you know, empower you to protect your time because I think that's actually the hardest part in all of it. So we always um, have, well, always, this is, I don't know. Anyway, in the last few podcasts, we have assigned homework to our audience. So I had a few things that I thought we could assign as homework from this podcast. And I wanted to get Anna's take on it, obviously. Uh, But um, I think one of the things that I did when I learned how to say no was I stood in front of my mirror and I said, no, 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 over and over and over again, looking at myself in the mirror. Because it teaches you to, that it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. So I think if you struggle with that, if you have a hard time saying no, stand in front of that mirror and own your no uh, and practice saying it because then it'll be easier for it to come off in public. Also, when you start to say no more, think of what a joy it is to say yes intentionally. Yes. That's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I love it when I'm able to say yes. When I say yes to my kids, and they get so excited because they know the th- that it's a treat. Yeah. It's not an everyday kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So it's okay to say no. It is okay to say no. It's okay it's... to say no in business. It's okay to say no personally to your kids. And, you know, you don't even have to use the word. You know, you can say it in a way that doesn't feel as final to you if, it's, if you struggle with it at first. For sure. Uh, and then I also think that people should g- get your time boxing tool sure. uh, so that they can start to time box and see if they have uh, things that come up for them, some obstacles or struggles that come up for them. Uh, that way uh, you can help them further. So we'll put a link to that. Any I think other that homework? I think that people should schedule a time sesh. I think they should too. That's what Anna calls it as a time sesh. <laughs> and it makes me feel fresh and cool. And so what is a time sesh? What What happens in that? time how so how long is how it? long is it? how long is a time sesh it is 20 minutes beautiful and get a lot of done in 20 minutes people extend things out way longer than they should this is my soapbox i'm sorry i interrupted you but it's okay. for crying out loud things don't need to be an hour all the time <laughs> yeah it drives nicholas crazy that consults are an hour for, for me sometimes so i actually have been having like 20 minute and 30 minute consults and it's been great yeah usually you can get a lot more done when you when you time box it <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. and but understand what the point of the appointment is too is really to pinpoint the area that you're struggling with currently and finding some solutions it might be something that is something that's on my blog that I can point you to or it might be one of my paid programs and I also challenge our audience to fi- find the one thing that you're going to outsource and maybe you'll outsource more than one thing this year but be it in business or personally mm-hmm. in your life, find one thing that you are willing to give up control over and outsource to somebody because it will save you so much time, effort, and energy. And money. And it will, yeah, it'll make in you money. Yeah. It'll make you money or save you money. It's it's great. And if you're a business owner, outsourcing things in your life is also outsourcing things in your business, really, because it's, yeah. you know, you want the freedom. That's mm-hmm. the whole reason you started a business, right? So Yeah, the biggest fallacy uh, as a business owner is that you work for yourself, but really you work for like hundreds of other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... 
Um, and it's true. If you become organized, if you become intentional about your time, you can do what you want to do. But it doesn't happen by default. There's a lot of things that can creep in that really affect mm-hmm. how you spend your time and what actions you take and how much time and like how you're feeling burnt out all the time and how you're not spending enough time with your family. And if I can say one thing, it's that um, I was a a big curmudgeon about time management before, (laughs) before I scheduled my time sesh with Anna. And I didn't really even intentionally mean to, I didn't mean to do this, but as we were talking, I was like, eh, whatever, this is what I do. And I kept saying things and she kept reframing about how I could do things differently and, and it would be so much better. And I came out of that like completely um, feeling like that would really be helpful to me. Whereas going into it, I felt like, wow, uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I just want to talk to my sister for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, yeah, it's like, do you want to talk to me about time slash or do you want to talk to me about, you know, just how cool I am? (laughs) Well, the thing is, I think the thing that our audience might not know is that you've struggled with time for a long time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you've had Mm -hmm. some real obstacles um, because you are creative. And so things can can pull you in really quickly Mm -hmm. and uh, and then you can get overwhelmed by it. And you want to know something since you've been working with Anna? You are far less overwhelmed. You are, yeah, just so much more. That's that's absolutely right. Because I get, I'm fascinated by literally everything. Mm-hmm. And like everything is super interesting to me. I am inter- like I am so interested in the logistics of moving houses in the 1800s. What was that like? And I get down. I get <laughs> like I have to know these things about random stuff that just it's so like. You know, it's so different to my current experience. And so I can get pulled down rabbit holes very easily because, like, er- anything that's different to what I'm used to is so fascinating. And you used to be really combative if, if people mm-hmm. pointed it out, but now you are not. And and you also have used the word mindset more. Like, you talk mindset. more about your mindset. Um, and I think that it's mm. been really, really great for you, for our business, for our marriage. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend it. It's getting highly, real. Highly recommend it. Um, mindset. You. Yeah, that's true too. Mindset is my current obsession because uh, uh, everything is just a mindset. That's mm-hmm. what. That's how I feel about everything. That's going to be its own podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mindset. Mindset. <laughs> mindset. I'm. I'm all in on that one. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, thank you, Anna, for coming on. If you enjoyed it, we would love to hear uh, what you thought. And if you have questions for Anna and you want us to have her on again, let us know that too. Um, We really appreciated your time and uh, we can't wait to hear how things go for you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on here. Edge One Media is a fabulous marketing agency. Hashtag truth. (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys have some uh homework Homework. items to do so get out there and do it go do it if you liked what you heard today please be sure to subscribe to our podcast share it with a friend follow us on the socials at edge one media at this is nicholas de salvo or at megan de salvo 